Hello, my name is Jacob, and I'm a Norse pagan, and welcome to episode 61 of the Folk Podcast. And today, we continue a conversation I started earlier this week, if you've already checked it out, because I started talking about the Norse god Tyr. And so this episode kind of settles as an extension of that, because we're going to be talking about personal experiences of Tyr, because we actually have two guests today, um, which is always fun. Uh, so we're going to have six people in total in this podcast. So we have Jaeger and Josh, who recently got back from the South Central or the Texas fall gathering with Sherd. They've basically become best friends. They're planning camping trips. I think they hold hands every single day. I don't know what goes on over there, but apparently it was a very good gathering and, and lots of friendships were formed. Um, so as far as our two guests today, I do want to do it as we normally do and, uh, and kind of give them the floor and kind of introduce themselves and then we'll begin the conversation on tier. So Jaeger, let's start with you. So uh, go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody. Hey, Jacob, I'm glad to be here. And uh, everyone, I'm Jaeger. A lot of y'all in the Discord community especially know me. I've been getting a lot of messages uh, since the uh, fall gathering. We just got back from a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm relatively new to the Wisdom of Odin. It's been about a year now that I have come on and, and joined and actually become a part of this community, which has really helped me heal from leaving my last kindred um, and family. So I'm really thankful for all y'all being here. And uh, I had my fanboy moments for everyone listening <laughs> and I got it out of the way. So that's all I got, Jacob. All right, Josh, to you, what you got? All right, so I have, I'm still relatively new to Norse paganism. I started practicing about a, a year ago and uh, it, you, you want me to go ahead and like tell my story about that? Yeah, or? tell your story. Who, all right, awesome. Who you is, so who you is. And it had, so it, it actually involves you, Jacob. So um, <laughs> I remember, uh, so I grew up uh, small town, Texas, uh, Methodist church is what I used to go to. And uh, like around during the summer of last year, I was kind of like trying to get back into Christianity. Like I felt uh, that there was something missing, like from the religious or spiritual aspect of my life. So I started reading the Bible again and getting back into all that. And I remember it was November 1st last year. So tomorrow to the day will be a year. And uh, I were, woke up that Sunday and was getting ready to go check out a church um, up there in Missouri where I was living at the time. And as I was getting ready to leave, I just got this kind of overwhelming feeling, like almost like there was a presence there, like telling me that I didn't need to do that. And then I had that I'd like researched a little bit into Norse paganism and stuff like that, being in the military, like learning about Valhalla and stuff like that kind of comes with the territory. So I knew a little bit about it, but after I had that kind of, uh, experience, I just did a complete deep dive. I started getting on Google and looking all that. And then I got on uh, YouTube and looked up Norse paganism and sure enough, the one that popped up was your uh, Asatru for beginners or Norse paganism for beginners. And so that was, that was the first video I watched that kind of helped me get my feet wet in Norse paganism. And then, um, so I tried kind of practicing, not, not necessarily practicing, but I did, I was doing a lot of research and, and stuff like that. And then January of this last year is when I actually joined the discord and uh, I've, uh, been to the fall gathering was my third one the, my first was ostara which was awesome and uh oh and then one thing i kind of left out about um 
that day that I kind of had that revelation, I remember leaving my apartment later that afternoon to go to the grocery store. And as I was leaving, I kind of remember thinking to myself, I was like, all right, if this is the path that I need to follow, like somebody show me a sign. And sure enough, I walk out to my truck and in the branch hanging over my truck is a raven or it could have been a crow. I don't know. Like I was just like excited to see something. Um, but I walked up to the truck and I got probably about six or seven feet from it. It just kind of looked at me for half a second and flew off. So and I'll, that's I took that as a sign that Odin was putting me on this path and I haven't looked back since. So I know that was kind of long, but that's, <laughs> hey, there, that's there's, good. there's, there's my story. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, I think it's always good um, getting people. Uh, it's so wild now that I've been doing the wisdom of Odin for over two years now, you know, meeting people that, uh, you know, I've been doing it for a year and I'm like, oh, wow, it's hard to believe that the people have picked it up while I've been doing it since I picked it up. But it, it's just weird. It, it Honestly, the Wisdom of Odin experience has never stopped being weird for me, especially when I hear people they are like, yeah, I watched your video. I, I came across your face online and then your face told me things. And I'm just like, oh, that's right. That's what happens. Like literally right now, as we're talking, like 150 people are looking at my face online. And that kind of weirds me out every now and then when i start thinking about it <laughs> um, only you would know how many people are watching your face online well i mean i just moment. know every you know basically any given moment there's usually about 100 views something like that so which is again just fucking weird quite frankly <laughs> uh, but it's a pleasure to have you both on the show um so it, it, again it's gonna be interesting to kind of harness all this conversation into a conversation about tier uh, but i did want to kind of pass it off to baker um and then sure as well to kind of see where you're at as far as your tier experiences what you know um and then i'll kind of share why i have a hard time with tier but baker what is your experiences or have you had experiences with tier in the past uh, my experience with here has just been uh, trying to remember exactly. I don't know if you heard my kid in the background there. That's all right. Away. But people um, are used to it at this point, bigger. Yeah, no, it's just yeah, <laughs> from the family hour whenever it's not podcast. Right. Um, but I'm trying to remember exactly when it was last year. I can't remember if it was. I think it was after the first gathering, that we had, and then uh, before midsummer. I want to say, um, but I got the feeling like I needed to reach out to him and I was just like putting it off because I was, I was focusing on Odin and trying to figure all that stuff out and some things that happened to me at the first gathering and still trying to understand those. And so I kept putting it off. And then I was at work one day. Uh, I think I was working overtime on the week uh, during a shutdown. And one of the guys I was working with burned the crap out of his hand. And I just looked at him and said, ah, don't worry. I'm about to do the same thing here in about two seconds. And I didn't even pay. I didn't even realize that's what I'd said or anything like that. He just told me that that's what I'd said. And then I'm trying to like stand up and I like burn the ever living shit out of my left hand. Or was it my, no, it was my right hand. And there was a big scar like on this entire part for the longest time. It just now has started to go away. But it was like, that was, tear was like the only thing I could think of whenever that happened. So then whenever I came home, I went and gave him an offering and like spoke to him and like, he's left me alone since then. Uh, so sure, you know, this is going to be interesting because I feel like if I ask you about tear, you're going to immediately start talking about the gathering that just happened. Uh, so just go for it. Just go for it. I mean, you, you've been fanboying so hard after this gathering and I love it. So just, just, just get it out there. 
Well, I mean, as far as the tear moments, I probably have had some and not realized that it was tear and probably thought it was someone else. Um, after talking with Jaeger a bunch, you know, because we we our bond is just phenomenal. Uh, it has grown from since the gathering. Well, it's because you're both Texan boys. I hear them accents and they thick. Yeah, no, he's not Texas. He's, he's not Texas. Where are you from? He's not. Where are you Texas. from? I'm actually from Arkansas, Jake. Okay, well, whatever. The deep south. The southern, <laughs> it's not the same. South, the western, <laughs> southern, no. whatever. Uh, yeah, no, he's, he's oddly enough. Yeah, no, he's not Texan. Um, sounds like but, more Texan than you. Probably, probably. <laughs> uh, but no, like I've, I've probably had some moments with Tear and didn't realize it. Um, I haven't really felt called to work with Tear that much. Working with Jaeger over there and him helping me realize that there, there I have had more tear experiences or, or moments than I thought I have. And um, I'm excited to talk about tear because Jaeger's just helped completely change my mindset on tear. So another thing that, you know, has always kind of stopped me with tear is anytime we've had problems with people within the community, you know, people causing problems, um, you know, it always seems to come from a tear person. I don't know why but it always seems to come from a dear person. And I don't, I really don't know why this happens. And maybe that's something we can kind of dissect through this video. Um, so it's always just left a bad taste in my mouth because it, you know, I, I you know, almost see it as the, the aggressor, the opposer in this situation. Um, but this, this tier week has definitely helped me kind of mend my peace. And hopefully this conversation will continue that as well. Um, so Jaeger with that, you know, any thoughts or reactions from hearing me say those kind of things? I know a lot of the people listening to the podcast couldn't see my reactions with some of the things that you were talking about, but you had mentioned not feeling like you could approach him because you're not a warrior. Um, I talked a little bit earlier today, as a matter of fact, was shared about this. Uh, I, there's nothing anywhere at all that says that you have to be a warrior. And if we're going off of that mentality, why would you talk to Odin? Why would you talk to Thor? Why would you talk with Freya, you know, getting into the more goddess side of things? They're all war gods in in every aspect so with that being said i had a i had a young gentleman i'm not gonna mention any names come to me and uh, he's actually kind of pointed out to me rather by a member of the community and um so i, I dm'd him it took me a little while because i'm a busy guy but uh, i d i dm'd him got to talking to him and that's the same thing that he said he's like well you know i i don't i don't have any military background i don't have any law enforcement experience or anything like that um, but I still want, I would still like to come and approach Tyr. You know, I'm trying to live an honorable life and I haven't up to this point. And so naturally I was just taken back. Like, what makes you think that you have to, to be a warrior uh, or a police officer? You know, like I know you guys had a, a Myron, I believe is his name. Yep. That was on as in law enforcement. Um, there's, there's nothing anywhere that states that you have to, you have to be a warrior or some kind of law enforcement member to talk with Tyr. Now, would you say that improves your connection though? I would say that the only reason why it could potentially improve your connection is because of how people view military and law enforcement members. We, like, they're supposed to be beyond reproach. That's, I mean, literally even in, in the Marine Corps, like Josh has other branches, all of them honor and integrity is a huge thing. Um, same with law enforcement, right? I mean, which you would expect, you know, from law enforcement members to be honorable and have integrity. But why is that so specific for just service members and, and law enforcement officers? You know, tier, 
tier followers from what I've gathered thus far in the short stint that I've been in the community are put on this really high pedestal and they should be. And honestly, every tier follower out there or people who are claiming to be tier followers out there should strive to be this unrealistic goal because at the end of the day, what does it hurt? What does it hurt to be beyond reproach in your actions and in your words? It doesn't. It's not fair to us to be held to that standard by the community because the community perceives honor and integrity a little bit different uh, than what I perceive honor and integrity. Um, but that's probably going to be discussed a little bit later in this episode. <laughs> yeah, welcome to podcasting. It's uh, nothing but like, do we want to go down that rabbit hole right now? Or do we right. want to hold off on that rabbit hole? <laughs> right, you know, um, but but it is a standard. It's not, it's, it's, it's realistically not an achievable standard. You know, this, um, the standard that we have set for us is that we're supposed to always at all times be truthful, for an example. Well, you need, everyone on here kind of has an idea of my background. I'm not going to tell you everything about me. And if you ask me to tell you something and I'm not comfortable with it, I'm just not going to say it. I'm just going to say, hey, I'm not comfortable with talking about that. Um, but that doesn't mean I have to tell you everything or that I'm being deceitful. It's just, and, and to a lot of people out there in the community, that's being deceitful. I don't have integrity because I didn't flat out answer your questions about things that I don't think you should be meddling with. I think that's fair enough. Um, so one thing I, I, I will add on that. So something I end up saying, which it's funny recording this, you haven't seen the tier video. <laughs> um, so you don't actually know what I said in that video. Um, so something that I kind of came to the conclusion after doing my research, because I, I did kind of reach out to tier while recording. And so, because I always try to do that whenever I do the Norse God weeks, which is one of the reasons I held off on this for so long, because I just wasn't ready to make that connection. And uh, the way I've learned to connect with them, the, 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 the pathway I've learned is through um, basically um, setting goals or saying or dedicating things to tier. So like uh, I climbed a hill to a civil war fort to film the tier video. Um, and so I dedicated climbing that to tier and kind of called out to him before I climbed. Um, and it was really cool because I got up there and there really was just a cannon and then like a bunch of earthen fort basically where the fort used to be the foundation, I guess. Um, and overlooked the Kentucky River because it was basically a fortification to uh, protect the river. And so the, the craziest thing happened right after I got done recording the first bit. A, I saw two people walking up. And keep in mind, this is like a middle of nowhere hiking trail. Like no one goes to this thing anymore. Um, all, the, all the trail signs are really decayed and stuff like that. But right away they walk up. They start talking to me as, they, as apparently I just have that face that people just want to start talking to me. And I start talking with them. And he's like, yeah, I'm a Civil War reenactor. <laughs> like, well, I ain't that kind of wild. <laughs> and so I start talking with them for a bit um, and uh, ended up kind of like same thing I ended up doing with Odin quite a bit is I end up becoming this like guide and I kind of gave them information about Kentucky, where to go and all these things. And they were super appreciative. And then they left and I was sitting there. I was like, I think I just had my first tier experience and that was pretty cool. So I did end up having a good experience despite my reservations about tier. It sounds like a really good experience. It's actually something very similar that we had done in my family um, where we would make that hike. And then we, now we wouldn't dedicate prior to making that hike. Um, and the hike can take a long time. We do we do so without water or without food. Um, and, and it's pretty often that they would do so without any footwear and then make their way up to wherever they're trying to get to. And, and then at that point, we would actually invoke tier and, and ask for an audience to introduce a new member, you know, a new follower of tier. Uh, and that's exactly what we had done with Josh, um, out at the, out at the fall gathering. And actually for a while there, I wasn't entirely sure that we'd be able to, 
Um, and I think he probably recalls the reservations that I had because we're going to a location that we knew was uh, going to have people there and that we couldn't, we couldn't exactly do all the heathen things that we uh, would want to do. <laughs> so um, I did have reservations and I wasn't really positive with all the energy that we had there at the location for the gathering because we drove about 30 to 45 minutes away, I believe, just to get to this location. Um, and we had another member of the community with us as well. Um, and then we, we made the hike up. Uh, went and stopped at a couple of places before we finally found this third or fourth place. I can't remember now, Josh, but um, that that we actually decided this was the spot. We could feel him. He was there, and we and we did uh, the invocation for Tear. I mean, what what Jaeger said. It's uh, I mean, pretty pretty much what I was going to say. Uh, I think we kind of started because I we originally were going to see if there was anywhere on the property that we were at for the gathering. Um, to see if we could feel anything. Um, but with Tyr being such a solitary deity, um, the all the energies from everybody at the gathering, it's just kind of wouldn't have worked out. So um, like you said, it was it was about a 30 or 35 minute drive out to this uh, natural area in the middle of the Texas Hill Country, which is just gorgeous. And um, I remember on the drive, we kind of started feeling the energy a little bit. Um, but it probably helped that we had like high lung and Don playing and everything like that too. So, uh, but yeah, it was the very, when we got up there, it was like the very top of the hill or mountain for lack of a better term, or at least Texas size mountains. Um, it was the very last spot that we got to, which was like this scenic overlook um, that just was looking over the valley and you could see like houses and everything down there. And we did the invocation like he said, and then you just, I just felt it was like this overwhelming kind of command presence. And like, we just knew right there, it was, it was him. And uh, Jaeger said his bit to, and then I got up there and started introducing myself. And I remember as I was talking, uh, I looked over at Jaeger because I felt like somebody put their hand on my shoulder and I thought it was him. I was like, oh, he's, he's so nice. And uh, so, uh, but I look over and he's like, he's like 10 or 15 feet away from me. And my eyes just got huge. And I whipped immediately back to the front. And I just right then and there, I made an oath to tear to dedicate my life to him, to live honorably and to uh, protect my family and everything like that. So I had, I had not planned on making an oath then. I knew I was wanting to make an oath to tear at some point i was just waiting for the right time because my when i first learned about tear um i had when i first started looking into norse paganism i had no idea who tear was and then i started reading about him and like how he's the god of honor courage and justice and stuff like that so and that's kind of how growing up i lived my life you know i always tried to always do the honorable thing you know always be truthful, everything like that. So I, I really connected with him while I was reading about him. And I was lucky, lucky enough to have met Jaeger at the Midsummer Gathering. And we just immediately hit it off. Like as he found out that I was kind of leaning towards tear and then we just bonded right then and there. So it was, it was an incredible experience to be able to share with him. So. Ah, oh, Ian, you've decided to join us. Well, Josh just got done telling his amazing story and we've already had a great conversation without you but now 
we want to hear about your relationship with Tyr because you're definitely the you're the pickle here. You're more pickled than me. I'm very pickled, but you're more pickled. So what is how do you feel? Where are you at with Tyr? Tell us your words. Oh jeez, I like the the setup and the uh, expectations now of, of me being the pick the most pickled when it comes to Tyr. Um, yeah, let's go with that. The most pickled. Oh boy. Um, so my thing, it, it's not necessarily uh, anything against Tyr specifically. I don't have an issue with with him as a DD. Obviously, that would be insanity. But my biggest thing is. I mean, I'm sure you guys have kind of talked about it already uh, during, you know, while I was away, but my interactions with a lot of people who, uh, you know, claim to be these great followers of tear and justice and honor, you know, all this stuff, you know, from having discussions with other people in general about that dynamic, uh, and that demographic of, you know, quote unquote, tier followers, a lot of them, if you take a step back and you kind of look at the way that they do things and et cetera, and they do it, you know, with the intention of, oh, I'm doing this because it's an honorable thing to do because this is what tier would do. It's just an excuse to get away with doing things instead of necessarily take responsibility, you know, and, you know, I've had a few personal interactions with Tier, not very many, I would say three prolific ones, I would say, total. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like my relationship, I would say, with Loki. A lot of people think that I do stuff with Loki. I really don't. I just do stuff with his, with his children, well, at least two of them. And it's, it's one of those things where I understand, you know, who he is. I have a respect for him, for what he is, or at least what I see him as but we just kind of keep our, you know, our, our distance, you know, we don't necessarily interact with each other very often, unless it's something, you know, I specifically uh, feel the need to reach out or if there's something that he has to show me. So for me, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, it's kind of like in the way I like to look at it almost now that I'm kind of just thinking about it is like an in-law that you, you kind of are okay with, but you would rather just not be around them because sometimes things seem like, I don't know, they just have a weird vibe Is this vibe just because you just or... had an in-law situation at your house like five yeah. minutes ago? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but no, I know there are, I know there are followers in tears that do, I feel like, actually truly follow him the way that you should. Um, but I think, yeah, a lot of people use their, their, you know whole dynamic regarding him and they they go overboard with it honestly i feel like the, the situation when you have certain tier followers or the the bigger demographic of tier followers it's very much like how you have the generic thor bros where it's like yeah thor you know what i mean and it's victory or Valhalla, bro yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so it, it's things like that that i feel like unfortunately has flooded the demographic of of tier followers where Either a they just they just do it because they think tears badass or tears you know justice and honor and blah 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 and all this stuff and then they use that premise to do whatever they please and then try to justify it in the end by saying oh but x y and z tier tiered blah 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 you know and it's 
it's sort of things. And then obviously, you know, for some people, we had obviously the whole Fenrir episode, like I work with Fenrir. So obviously that's a weird vibe. Doesn't really, you know, mix. But I have my own whole thought process on that entire story as it is uh, to begin with. So yeah, it's it's interesting to say the least. Like, like I said, I, we just tend to avoid each other. I feel like it's the best thing. I go about my business, he goes about his. If we happen to interact, it's kind of like, a, okay, cool. This is something that needs to be done. Come together, take care of whatever it is, and then peace, <laughs> basically. Not being very reserved about it, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I told you guys, he was pickled. Very pickled. Yeah. I'm gonna be a tough, I'm gonna be a tough one to change my viewpoint on a lot of things regarding tear, that's for sure. Jaeger, you want to pour some, uh, pour some sugar on this pickle? I just want to add real quick that out of like the pickles, it was me, then you, Jacob, then Ian, and then Jaeger's won me over. So, yeah, yeah. So it, let's, let's let's split the sugar around. I think I think you can. I think let's make can. this a cucumber again. Okay, so um, I've heard some some stories that uh, Ian was kind of sort of hinting at, but not actually saying, you know. And then of course, Jacob, you sprinkled a little bit in there yourself, and. I've talked to Sherd quite a bit too, as well, and um, which is where I've heard the biggest story, I guess, that really irked me the most. Um, so, and you'd mentioned being um, uh, well, and everyone who listens to the podcast knows this that that Ian is a is is all about Fenris almost <laughs> completely. Obviously, does some hell work too and stuff, um, which honestly, both are. I don't, I don't lean towards, I don't go towards or anything like that. That's just kind of part of the nature of where I come from. Um, nothing against them. I have nothing but respect for them. Um, and I hope they stay away though. You know, so, kind of like you're saying with Tyr, you know, like sometimes you just feel like um, you, you should just kind of keep at arm's length with them, um, which I mean, kind of makes sense too. But at, at the end of the day, like we talk about Tyr and what has happened uh, in, in the past, like going off of the stories that we've heard about Tyr, especially when you talk about like the binding of Fenris or Fenrir, sorry, excuse me. Um, so when you're talking about the binding of, of Fenrir, um, people often, that's when they start this whole process where they're like, oh, well, you know, so um, he's the God of, of sacrifice. Tyr is the God of sacrifice uh, because he willingly and bravely put his arm into the mouth of this great beast, you know. Um, but, and I talked about it a little bit off the air with, uh, with Jacob a little bit too. And I know I've definitely talked to Sherd and Josh about it, but the biggest sacrifice that was made that day for four tier was not his hand. It was breaking that oath that he had made to prote essentially protect and raise this, this to raise Fenris as, or Fenrir, sorry, as his own. Um, and he went back on that, on that oath that he broke that vow. And that was why when he walked away and didn't, get treatment or help from anybody else. That's why he was ashamed. Um, so to bring back some of that masculine talk, we had talked about a little bit where people don't feel like they can come to him because it's not very masculine. Sometimes being masculine does mean that you can have some emotions. Sometimes that does mean you can have some feelings, you know? Um, and obviously he was so distraught. He walked away from, from the entirety of the thing and tend to his own wounds. Um, so I, I know it's going to take a lot to change your mind, Ian, but I'll, all of these uh, quote unquote tier followers that I've heard about and stuff, whether they're still around or not, um, might get pissed off at me and, and DM me. And that's, you're more than welcome to. All yous rising on the Discord. Look for Jaeger, South Central. Um, also live in Oklahoma. If you want to talk face to face, that's cool too. Don't bother me none. With the Texas um, voice. But if it's hurt, <laughs> I'm not from <laughs> Texas, Jacob, from Arkansas. But, but uh, you know, um, 
at, at the end of the day, it seems like a lot of them just took this and, and they were like, hey, this gives me that in. This gives me that in to make people trust me. This gives me that in to make people think that I am something that I'm actually not. Whether they're striving to be that or not is irrelevant um, because they've gone and done what they've done and they've done so willingly. And some I've heard have done more than once. So um, I, I'm not entirely sure where, where these quote unquote tier followers come from or why we have this background where supposedly you have to be prior law enforcement or prior military to have anything to do with tier. Um, but we're going to fix that today on this episode. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm confident we're going to fix that today on this episode. Well, it is interesting. So a lot of the other deities, you can trace back the origins and misconceptions, things like that. Like Loki, you can trace them back pretty easily. Um, Thor, obviously, Marvel's right there. Like Thor and Loki are pretty easy because they all come from Thor. Um, but Tyr isn't often mentioned in the media. Now, obviously, you have God of War coming up is going to have Tyr in it. And they've been kind of really pitting this whole, um, you know, Tyr versus Odin thing, which is something we slightly might know existed throughout history as there was some conflict there but again it's nothing that we we, we don't have anything that says that there was direct conflict it just seems that odin at some point surpassed tears kind of maybe the chief god or at least the chief god of war um so it is interesting that you know you, you have to look a little deeper to look at misconceptions about tier or where different things come from so something uh jaeger we were talking about before the show and something i, I mentioned about in the the video series that came out before this episode is it seems like that most misconceptions about tear come from how people translate or see the story of the binding of fenrir and so if it, it all depends on that, you know what you fill in the blank with because if you actually read the story it's pretty pretty straightforward you know the all it says at least in my edition is that the gods were scared of Fenrir and they didn't want to approach him but Tyr was the only one with the bravery enough to approach Fenrir and feed him and then it kind of goes on into the point where they make Gleipnir to bind Fenrir and then Fenrir says you know I need a god's hand in my mouth so to prove you guys aren't pulling a trick on me and all the other gods were scared except for Tyr and he had the courage to place his hand in the wolf's mouth and so when actually looking at that for me the first time reading it as someone that you know, maybe had a negative connotation towards here. But the first time really diving into that, I saw it as acts of bravery and acts of bravery alone. Um, whereas Jaeger, you saw more of the sacrifice because you see the oath aspect, the vow aspect. And then when I mentioned it in the Discord and asked people, hey, what do you see in the story? Um, some people took it as far as saying like, oh, Tyr saw Fenrir as a marginalized being. And therefore, Tyr as the god of justice wants to help Fenrir out. And it's like, whoa. Okay, that's a lot of infusing of viewpoints to get what you wanted out of the story. So, it, you know, as soon as I started seeing that, and then I started reading articles online and, and reading the other things people have written about Tyr, it seems like that's actually where a lot of this uh, misconception about Tyr as being the god of law and order is coming from. Well, I, okay, you touched on a, on a bit there, Jacob. So, like, going back towards the beginning of it, um, you talked about the replacing of the sky god, essentially, is what had happened. You were talking about uh, some people say that there was a struggle between Tyr and Odin. Others say, you know, that uh, Tyr is Odin's son. You know, I mean, you hear a whole bunch of different conflicting stories and stuff about that. Now, this and anything that I say, and I, I know that anyone that's listening to this that's ever talked to me before has heard this exact same thing, but it's kind of like a disclaimer. Everything that I'm telling you is just the way that I was taught growing up. It does not make it right. Um, because I don't think anyone can tell you the right way, quote unquote. 
um, that any of this went down, right? Nobody was there, you know? So <laughs> we had to develop our relationships and try to start learning and reflecting upon what we're shown, if we're shown anything at all, or what we feel while we're reading, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you had talked about people pulling in, him in, being like marginalized and all that. And I'll get that to that as well. Um, but going back to the sky god thing, the way that I was always told growing up, uh, originally when man was still in its more uh, barbaric stages, I guess you could say, uh, you know, war constantly going on, raiding sister tribes even and stuff, you know, and then you got the war brides and all that stuff, blah, 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 blah. Um, with Tyr, when Odin had made the discovery of the runes, Tyr had learned at that point, once he gifted, once Odin had gifted the runes to man, that man is reaching a more philosophical age. And so the necessity for the God of natural law, not just justice, natural law, I want to, I want to make that abundantly clear, um, decided at that point, now it was time for man and Odin to work in unison instead of man and Tyr. So he steps down and lets Odin take the place of the sky god. Um, so that, that's pretty much just that. But going <laughs> over to the marginalized thing, I get why a lot of people say that, but that's also because people see him as this, this god of quote-unquote justice. Well, what, but what is, what is justice? Are we talking about man's laws, like Ian speeding through Oklahoma City and getting two tickets, potentially? You know, No, I mean, that's not, that, that's not what he's about. You think he cares about that? Absolutely not. You know, like that's not, that's not him. He cares about natural law, order and chaos. And up until recently, very recently, um, I had always been set with that being black and white. You know, I never thought about levels of good and levels of evil. I never really saw the world in good and evil or good and bad or whatever you want to say. Never saw it that way. I was never upset when I saw a coyote killing a bunny. I like bunnies. Bunnies are cute. But the coyote's going to do what's in its nature to do to survive. Um, and vice versa. It's in the nature of the bunny to be that prey animal. Um, but ultimately, like when you start talking about like people, you know, that's when it gets a little bit more convoluted because people are like, well, so you're saying that, that a person who's, you know, um, committing all these atrocious acts that I, I won't start listing. I don't want to <laughs> trigger nobody, but, um, started doing all these atrocious acts. You're saying that this is a serial killer, for example, isn't a bad guy. Well, in my, in my family's point of view, no, that is who he is. And that's not a good thing. If you want to, if you want to label good and bad, but that is the nature of that individual and so it's it is it's our responsibility as followers of tier and honestly as, as as pagans or heathens however you want to call yourselves to try to eliminate that that doesn't mean go off and kill nobody that means try to get rid of the situations that cause these things um that's all we really can do as followers of tier and, and i believe the entire pagan community should be striving towards is working towards the order of life that we have and straying away from the chaos of life that we have, which ultimately, Ian, is the reason why I don't mess with Fenris or Hell, because they're very much into the, uh, not so much the order of things, I guess we could say. <laughs> just come play in the shadows, just for a little bit, just once. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe at a gathering with you. <laughs> Going back to the, uh, the thing with Tyr and Odin for a moment. Uh, thing that I'd always, every time I talk, um, but the thing that I'd always like, I guess been told, and that it makes sense to me, just like the way that I, the way that I've always like researched history and things like that was, it looked like the to me like the uh, the 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 era in time wherever the change from Tyr to Odin came would have may uh, could have possibly been 
during the uh, the Roman incursions or the occupation of uh, Germania because they had they couldn't do honorable warfare against uh, you know superior technology of the Romans, so they had to go to for, for more of the deceit and dece like deceiving guerrilla warfare tactics that Odin could provide as a war god. But that's just me being a history nerd. So. I was going to agree with you there, Baker, because uh, you see that change in Germania specifically after Julius Caesar did the occupation and stuff. Uh, you know, like uh, Jaeger was saying with the sister tribe wars and everything like that, that was an honorable combat to that. And then when the Romans came in and decimated, um, you know, they had to do something to st stand up and, and stand against it. And that's how you get like uh, the, the movie, the Eagle, if you watch it and how they act and stuff like that, or even the Netflix series, Barbarians is a really good example of uh, how they were. And then the switch into uh, war tactics between like what tier would use versus what Odin would use. The birth of the Hari, of the, what do they call it? The Hari, H-A-R-R-I. Yeah. 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 The, yeah, the, the, the warriors painted midnight come in in the, in the middle of the night and just start murdering people in their sleep. Well, I can't go down this conversation too much, but you know, it's just something that you know, sparked my mind when you guys were talking about that because it's something that was, was very similar to when the colonials came over here to America. Um, because it, it was a very similar situation to when Rome entered Germania because you had a large civilized um, technological force entering a place that was, you know, used to small conflicts and typically more honor-based conflicts as well. Um, and the Romans and the colonials both took advantage of that until, you know, eventually the, you know, they had to learn to fight, you know, fight dirty and fight less honorably. And it is interesting that when you see civilization come in, you actually see less honor within conflict. Um, so one thing I wanted to actually kind of bring up here is because you brought up Justice Jaeger, and this is something that I, I actually didn't add in my conversation uh, with the videos, um, so I, I want to expand on it here. So I took one philosophy class, um, and I didn't make it all the way through because I realized uh, I hated it. <laughs> they required so much reading. They were like, you had to read like a book a week, and I'm like, I don't want to do this. This is ridiculous. But I remember one conversation really vividly. And it was the conversation of justice and what justice actually is, because, you know, the professor was in the middle of the room and they asked, what do you think justice is? And of course, there was a menagerie of answers. Everyone had different answers and no one got the right answer. And he's like, actually, what justice is, is the correction of injustice. And injustice is when something that has a role no longer performs that role correctly. And so cancer is an injustice to the body because you have cells like you know, a lung cell ends up in the heart and is trying to do lung things in the heart. So cancer is injustice to the body because it is something that acts against the whole and is no longer doing its purpose correctly. And therefore, justice is chemotherapy or whatever it takes to cure the cancer is the correction of injustice. And I always thought that was really interesting. That That's always stuck with me. No, I actually like that definition of justice. I never, I never would have thought of it that way, but that's actually a clever way to to, to really give it a, a vivid analogy. That's a really clever way to do that. Um, I would have never perceived it that way myself even. 
yeah so like because you talked about like the you know the the wolf or you know fox or whatever chasing a bunny it's like it sucks you know i don't want to see the cute little bunny die um you know and the same thing with you know any anyone that hunts yeah deers are cute bunnies are cute but at the end of the day you know when you kill something like that as long as you're doing it for food that's not an injustice you're you're doing what you need to survive but i would say like trophy hunting is an injustice because you're doing something not for the survival. You're not doing anything in the natural world. So I would say, you know, maybe even like looking at someone like Tyr and, and thinking that, you know, like injustice would be trophy hunting or something. I don't know what, if that makes as much sense, but. No, it, it makes perfect sense. I mean, to me, you know, like what you were saying, like describing like the deer, for example, like there's been several occasions that I've been out there and decided that I wasn't going to take this deer, you know, and, and for some reason, I don't know why, but for some reason, I just like, I, I can't, I can't take this one. And then seconds or moments later, you see like two little fawns come walking out behind it. And you're like, well, now I'm glad I didn't do that. Cause they ain't barely, barely got rid of their spots yet. You know? <laughs> so um, that's interesting. That's an interesting way to look at justice though. It really is. I've never, I never thought about it that way. And I'm definitely going to look at it. I've, that's that's the beautiful part about the community that you guys have made. I've actually grown a bunch. I've actually been able to get out and learn, and it's not been negative. Like I, I growing up, I wasn't allowed to. I had a very specific role, and I had to do a very specific thing. Um, and being curious was not one of those things. So um, that's one of the beautiful parts about the wisdom of Odin and folk podcasts. You know, even people that aren't in the wisdom of Odin community specifically, just people who can listen to the folk podcast, they you guys alone have grown in like the year that you've been doing podcasts. I, I think it's been about a year now um, that you guys have been doing podcasts and just, well, yeah. just listening, like you go listen to the first one and then you listen to whenever this one comes out or the one before it comes out or even episode 58, when you guys talked about the fates and, and the norns and what have you, um, you guys had grown exponentially. And it's, it's the same for me. Like it's been a lot more personal growth than it has spiritual growth. But even just since this fall gathering, my spiritual growth is probably quadrupled in, in just the last couple of weeks than it has the entirety of my life almost um, just because I went from growing up and having to do it this way to um, not having this set little box that I'm stuck in traditionally. So I saw a, a really good comment I actually read um, someone had mentioned this was a while ago they commented a long time ago they're like you know the, the the balance is always you don't want to be a gatekeeper you want to be a crossing guard you know if someone wants to come do something you're like hey this is what we know. This is why you might not want to do it, but ultimately you can go there, have fun. And then you walk away. And I feel like that's what, you know, uh, Ian and I were talking about with Fenrir. It's just like, th that was our crossing guard moment. It's like, we can't stop you from doing this, but like, you're welcome to, we've warned you. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, I mean, and it's, I mean, yeah, Jacob, you and I kind of had a, a pretty in-depth conversation regarding you know the misconceptions and just the concept in general of tier because i remember you had kind of talked to me about when you were you're doing your tier week stuff um and you mentioned that same you know uh thing with the injustice versus justice thing uh you know and i think that's kind of where it, it made sense to me why a lot of people kind of well there's a, a weird dynamic regarding most tier followers where I feel like a lot of those individuals don't truly see him as just necessarily a war guy because I know you and I talked about it and it's as far as we are aware he was primarily a war god not a god of justice that's where Orsetti comes into play you know that's that's his role not that's not tier tier is not necessarily the the god of justice he was a god of war 
Um, and really, you know, from our conversation that I remember, I know we, you know, we kind of looked at the story of, of the binding of Fenrir as almost a, a, I mean, for those in the military and stuff where I've been in the military, you know, you're going to have those guys that are going to want to exude themselves to do something that others wouldn't just to have that status, so to speak, or like that, those bragging rights. That's how when we went into talking about, you know, Tyr putting his arm into Fenrir's mouth, like, yeah, it was, you know, like you said, all the other gods were too afraid to do it. And he's like, I'll do it, you know, almost, you know, as, as a, a show of, um, you know, just the willingness to do it and like the bravery, like what you were saying earlier, it, it's, you know, I think that's where a lot of people kind of uh, subconsciously, at least military wise, feel this obligation to follow here because everybody that's been in the military or still currently and knows somebody that always has that weird competitiveness. And I, I don't know, it's just, or all of us have it, I don't know. But it's, uh, I don't know, I just think that a lot of people need to kind of look at him more in that way of being focused on being a god of war and not a god of justice because that's not necessarily his original i would say his original role that i feel like a lot of people have now twisted and turned him into and i think that's where we get a lot of the weird issues that we run into regarding individuals that follow him and then you know kind of do whatever they please i don't know now i'm rambling yeah yeah <laughs> you got me you got me rambling on my pickle. the pickling is coming back just to build on the on the pickling that Ian's talking about, <laughs> with the <laughs> with them being a god of war and not specifically justice. But I think part of it is like when people view him as like a god of justice and a god of righteousness and honor and things like that. Which is not to say that he can't be. I mean, the god, you know, all the gods are multifaceted. You know, no, no, none of the gods we follow are just this one specific uh, specific thing. Except for Seti, because um, we just don't know that much about that dude. Well, I mean, yeah, touche. <laughs> <laughs> okay but i feel like uh whenever people go into it and they're looking at looking at it strictly like he's just the god of justice and honor and stuff like that I, th I feel like those people get this mixture of like this mi mixture of like their own personal justice and their own um I'm tr i had the, the word in my head and i cannot remember what it's the self-righteousness in them and that's what leads them towards this thing of doing all these un, like the, all these dishonorable things and unjustified things in the pursuit of justice and right in you know in righteousness and i think that's where we've had our issues with the you know the tear falls that we've had that have caused issues and trouble in the uh, community saw that clapping over there jaeger <laughs> well that's because he's right man i mean so many people want to take that that honor and integrity that everyone perceives that Tier followers are supposed to have and then they're just like hey that means i can get away with xyz if i just say abc slash tier you know like that's not how this fucking works you know like everybody everybody wants to sit there and act like that they're holier than thou to kind of utilize what caleb was saying or baker was saying um and and then that's the problem that you're running into from what i've from what i understand now i don't know like everything you know that's happened in this community but um hopefully with me and josh being together working through this maybe we can clean up some of this tarnish that's come from these quote unquote feel these tier followers that did what they wanted to do to get what they wanted and just fucking split 
you know, because that's pretty much what's happened from the gist of it. That's that's the gist that I've gotten. And seeing like Ian's face, as I said it, I guess I'm pretty much right. <laughs> you know, um, that's we, we I, I, like I said earlier in the episode, we're not we're, we're we are set to an unrealistic standard, but it's a standard that should have never really been put in the first place. But again, to reiterate, it is a standard that is feasible. Like it's it is somewhat obtainable, you know, so what's what's the harm in in us going and trying to reach that that quote unquote God level status that everybody puts these tier followers in. So I mean it's probably gonna hurt a lot of people's feelings that are quote unquote tier followers, but um I kind of don't care. Like I said, if you want to come see me, I'm in Oklahoma. You know, I'm near Oklahoma City, hit me up, you know, on Discord, I'll use rising. <laughs> so Josh I, I don't get about oh sorry. No, go <laughs> ahead, Baker. Go ahead. I was gonna say one of the things I don't get about with like people putting these expectations on tier followers for them to be perfect is the fact that, you know, our gods aren't perfect in themselves. I mean, they all make mistakes. And that's part of, that's part of like the great thing about them is like, yeah, you might screw up and you might do something wrong. But the important thing is, what do you learn from it? What do you do to change it? What do you do to be better whenever that same situation comes up two years down the road or whatever? I mean, it's all about self-improvement and being the best person that you can. Right. Absolutely. I love that, Baker. Thank you. So... I want to throw out that fishing rod and pull Josh back into the conversation here. So I do want to ask, so since coming back from the fall gathering, um, what are your kind of plans moving forward with tier? Like how has your practice kind of changed or how do you intend it to change moving forward? I mean, honestly, there, there's not a whole lot that's going to change um, because outside of like gatherings and stuff like that, I'd never really made offerings or, or anything like that, did any rituals of my own. Um, it's just one of those deals I'm going to continue to live like I've always lived like with trying to live a life as honorably as I can you know building a that good name for my family building that good reputation like it says in the Havamal and everything so uh, I mean I know this uh, this next gathering that we're planning we're doing a south central southwest joint kind of Yule gathering in January and we're trying to do it in Colorado and there's the place we're looking at has this pretty good sized mountain behind it. So uh, when I go there, I'll, I'll probably hike up the, to the top of that and try to do another uh, invocation to tier like I, like we did with Jaeger and, and see if I can connect with him again. But other than that, he's like I said earlier, and Jaeger can expand on this too. He's, he's a very solitary God. It's like, he's not always going to be there when you, call out to him but when when he's there you're gonna know so like i said it, when i first was introduced to him at the fall gathering it's just like just overwhelming kind of command presence so um but yeah as, as far as how my practice is going to change it's i mean other than actually taking everything a little bit more serious now that i have made a legitimate oath to tier um doing everything i can to live an honorable life and keep you know keep my word on that oath wow, that's great um so the only other thing i had written down just as a as a note i wanted to bring up because it, of course i love my metaphors and analogies and stuff so when thinking about tier a lot of times so one of the th- weird things that has happened in our modern world 
is um, the, the rise of superheroes is in part because of the death of mythology or the, the changing of mythology. Because for the longest times people had stories, heroes, every culture in the world has heroes and gods that they tell stories of. And so one of the things that's happened after you know a couple hundred years of that disappearing in the, in the Western world is we started creating new heroes and, and, and we have superheroes. So is there a superhero do you, that you think, Jaeger mostly, um, but anyone here, that Tyr might be similar to? Would you describe him more as like a Superman type figure or maybe a little bit more towards the Batman side? Like More you, towards the Batman side. More towards the Batman side. 100%. 100%. Um, and honestly, what you just said makes perfect sense. I never actually thought about the superhero stuff and I don't really watch all that, you know, um, but... I do have like this crazy weird connection with like wanting to watch a Batman movie. And I think a really lot of that does stem from being a tier follower um, and, and have having devoted literally more than half of my life now to the man, you know, so to the God. So, um, but I would definitely say, I would say he's definitely more so Batman than Superman, you know, um, cause Superman just seems to be like infallible for the most part, you know, I mean, obviously have like the death of Superman, Doomsday and all that crap, but, but still like for the most part, he's just like this insanely, overpowered thing and that's that's not what tier is you know tier isn't always going to be this this that command presence that he talks about that josh was just talking about it's a very real thing and, and being there for that oath really kind of kind of made me chuckle because he did look back at me and he saw that i was standing next to the other guy who, who had joined us on that on that hike um and as soon as he saw that his eyes got huge and he snapped back towards the front and that's also partially because i forgot to mention you don't go looking around when you're trying to go speak with tear you're not looking for him he don't want to be seen if he wants to be seen he's going to be seen you know um it's the same with Uller. you know um, i'm not gonna get into that i'm not as big into Uller, um, although i've had my encounters um there's definitely a couple other members in the community that can help with that one but it's the same with Uller. they're both very um almost reclusive you know uh and in, in the way that they are they're very solitary individuals um so which is part of the reason why i say more so batman than than and superman you know well i was thinking superman. batman too because oftentimes the end of batman story arcs is him often dying and sacrificing himself for the greater good and not to mention you know he, he is ultimately sacrificing himself his body to protect the city in a way that he sees fit even though the society as a whole which i think is a good a good, a good thing for justice is that our ideas of good and evil justice and things like that change throughout time and part of the reason right. batman as a character exists is because that he sees injustice happening you know, in the world that he lives in. And so he has to take, you know, justice into his own hand in order to just foresee it happen. Right. Right. Absolutely. I would say Batman more so than Superman for sure. Sorry, I didn't mean to like go on this long rant about it. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> I wanted it. That's what I wanted. And then you have Let's Logan see, as I... the Joker. <laughs> that's see, little... I'm, I'm... I like that. I'm curious to see what the other three say before I say mine, just out of curiosity, because it's it's funny where this is going so far. And then my immediate thought, like before you even finish the question on who I thought. So curious to see what Josh and uh, Josh Baker and, and Sherd say for their tier superhero before I say mine. Just out of little experiment I'm doing right now. Oh, okay. So what what is everyone else's thoughts on uh, tier superhero? <laughs> So my, my my first immediate thought was uh, Captain America, but I was like, um, maybe that's a little little too too goody good for that. <laughs> but uh, and then and then uh, Jacob Yeager said Batman, and I was like, okay, yep, that's that's tier. So <laughs> what if that's the new episode title for this? Is tier Batman? <laughs> <laughs>
I mean, if you think about it, like the bat symbol, I mean, you can kind of make that look like a T was. I mean, a little bit. Yeah. It could be. It could be. It could be Bruce Wayne's middle name. You never know. <laughs> Bruce T was Wayne. <laughs> That's a stretch. Instead of the matter ring, he just stretch. throws these razor sharp T wases at everybody. <laughs> if someone isn't writing this down as an idea, I am upset at the community. <laughs> we need to make this happen. Tear man. <laughs> or tear bat i don't know bat tear bat tear bat tear <laughs> they would just go and spin it with a norse mythology twist. that sounds like a weird name for a for a metal band bat tears baker what's yours i want to hear yours before i give mine i i have i don't have enough experiences with here to be able to really make a good um, I'm trying to think about the right word for like a good guess. I guess what it would be. I guess my like, but obviously, like the first thing that came to mind for me, I guess, was Superman. But you know, that's more of like the benevolence and everything like that, and not like the natural chaos that Batman would be instead. So I'll, I'll just defer. <laughs> I would have experienced it. All right, sure. Right. Well, I mean, superhero, dude, you should you should give us a good answer here. Okay, so tier, which are y'all basically are associating tier with being a vigilante because he's acting outside the forces of um, man's law. Uh, So, yeah, Batman does fit, but for me, like Venom or the Punisher fits more so because I believe tier, whereas Batman's like, oh, I won't kill, I won't, you know, do the the ultimate evils or whatever i have to like tears to me is going to get the job done no matter what he's going to get the job done so that's why i see the punisher or uh venom as who tear could be an affleck batman he still didn't kill yeah he does but affleck batman kills all the- he, sh- he shoots guns that doesn't mean he kills them i'm pretty sure we see him kill people uh, <laughs> the the batman that kills is red hood or Jason Todd, he's the one that kills. That's the Batman that has no well, and Damian Wayne, but uh, we're not talking about those two. Sure, nerd is just like oozing out of everyone's <laughs> like mics coming like right now. Are we having a are we having a comic book podcast now? Well, I mean, I, I could, but no. Uh, as far as vigilante, I think tier. I mean he's going to do the job no matter how what gritty it takes or so that's why i picture the punisher or venom because batman he will he has a certain uh point where he will not cross i don't think tear has that point if he's trying to get your point across to him or whatever he's trying to do he's going to do it so my immediate immediate without a thought i'm standing by this this uh statement here yeah, it's a hundred percent Superman, and here's why. The way from my interactions from individuals that follow Tier, granted Jaeger and Josh, yeah, you guys may be the few little unicorns that exist in the world uh, regarding this, but <laughs> a lot of people that I have interacted with that follows here put tier on such a high pedestal that he can do no wrong that he is like he is the perfect epitome of 
you know, what a lot of people think he stands for, which is covers the justice and honor, which is where the Superman thing comes from. If you look at the majority of like Superman comics and movies, obviously there are some, you know, whatever multi-universe nonsense, but the baseline for Superman is people look to him as, as, as if he can do no wrong, as he is the perfect, untouchable being. And when you kind of, you look at here and you kind of break down some of the things, you know, this is going back to the binding of friend here, is he's, he, he's not untouchable. He's not this, this epitome of, of honor and justice. And a lot of people just refuse to accept that he is just as susceptible to uh, his own vices as any of the other gods. And in, uh, one major argument that I've always kind of made when regarding him offering up his hand is instead of just offering up his hand, he could have taken a very different route and potentially, you know, trying to diffuse the situation that was going on with that story, whether it be, uh, sure, you know, uh, Odin knew that Fender was going to kill him in Ragnarok. He, he saw that, he knew it was going to happen, but there's a multitude of different things that he could have done to, uh, you know, potentially either prolong that situation, but instead he made it inevitable by the whole binding and everything like that. And Tyr could have stepped in instead of just, you know, I'm, not, I'm losing my train of thought now because I'm kind of getting into it a little bit. We've convinced but, you of Batman is what no, is what's happening. Uh, so, no, 100% no. Uh, but that's, that's my problem is I feel like too many people that claim to follow Tyr put him on an impossible pedestal. That he is the perfect being of justice and honor when in if you really kind of look at it and you you i feel like if you dive really deep into some of the stories and the things that you know he's described of doing and things like that you start to pick out like no he's he's not like there are mistakes that are made or there are things that he could have done that could have prevented other things and you know yada 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 but that's why i definitely say superman because people just put him on this untouchable pedestal and it really annoys me. It really does. It gets on my nerves and under my skin like no other. And I know like right now I can just like hear people screaming probably out loud or internally right now. <laughs> that I'm calling them out. If you feel called out by this, then like you're probably one of those people. Gosh, you're so pickled. I got, I got a camera. I I, I'm, like, I'm like a mummy. I'm not even pickled. I am just a mummy at this point. Yeah, 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 but see, see, here, here's the here's rebuttal. Balder is Superman, not not Tyr. Balder's Captain America. No, Balder's not Captain America. Well, no, no, yeah, I see the mistletoe as your kryptonite, you know. Exactly. See, yeah, that's see, what I'm see. saying. He's his Superman's invulnerable to everything but kryptonite. And Why is this happening? With with Loki <laughs> being this the is Joker. the whole podcast bigger, you know this. Yeah. So with Loki being the Joker, the Joker has killed Superman a countless times using Kryptonite and Lois Lane, which Balder they would you you know susceptible to that. I'm with Baker. Now. What has happened? <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. I'm curious to see what Yank. <laughs> Y'all done lost and his dogs got mad. Yeah. 
All right, Jaeger, <laughs> final rebuttals. We got to start wrapping this up. And you got anything to add to the superhero conversation? Yeah, I want to. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on the the pedestal thing primarily. Uh, was that to me? That was to me, right? To either one of you, yeah, both. Okay. <laughs> well, I would say that I I kind of agree with you after hearing what you going through your explanation and stuff because you're right. A lot of people. And that's why I think you had the problems that you guys did have with these sprinkled issues throughout the community. And for some reason, making me out to be like the best tear follower you've met yet, which is absolutely fucking horrendous, but whatever. Um, you're right. People put them on this giant pedestal. And then, and, but to be fair too, though, there's a lot of people in the community that are not tear followers, never worked with tear that they do the same thing. So these tear followers, quote unquote, that you've had in the past, they come through They're They're trying to meet this expectation which is, like I said earlier, it's somewhat attainable, but at the same time, there's no way you're ever going to get there. We're human, you know, and uh, he's a God who, as you've pointed out, has clearly made mistakes as well. So if we're going to try to strive to be like him, it's safe to say that we're probably going to fall and fail as well. Um, maybe not two times in a row, because to me, that would just indicate that a person's not at all trying, you know, but, um, and I've, I'm not trying to single anyone out or anything like that. It's just what I've heard. So if, if it's happened twice, it's, it's probably because the person's not actually actually or actively trying to strive to be there. They're just using the name of tier and I'm a tier follower. So listen to me, you know, to go back what I was saying with that honor integrity, you know, people put them on that pedestal. And so they think they can get away with shit. That they honestly shouldn't, shouldn't be doing because, Oh, look at me. I'm a tier follower and I can do whatever I want because, you know, justice, you know, I don't know. It just drives me nuts. But I agree with you, man. That's, that was a really good rebuttal. I like that. So I do think we need to start wrapping this up. So um, Jaeger, I do want to give you the floor one more time. And Josh, of course, give you the floor as well um, for any final words you want to say or really just say your goodbyes. And, uh, you know, really the floor is yours. Sell, well, sell us your like your your jams or your sauces or whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do anything like that, Jacob. I ain't that creative. But um I would like to say for anyone that's out there that's like that's trying to attempt to have an audience with them, you know, you don't have to do what me and Josh have done. You don't have to go climb the highest point that you can find, you know, elevation wise. You don't have to do that. Um, I find myself now even more so than when I was with my old community, um, going going outside, having a cup of coffee, smoking a cigar, and having breakfast with tear. I do that pretty frequently, you know, um, and every now and then he shows up and you can tell because like Josh says, you know, when he's around um, and, and it's that it's a very significant and distinct feeling when he does show up, you know, it almost feels like for the military people out there, it's like your E8 or E9 just showed up and you weren't expecting him in your underwear. That's what it felt like. So <laughs> that's, you don't, you don't have to do that. I go out there with coffee. Um, a lot of people like I've heard in the community, it asks like, what kind of alcohol does he like? That's not something that we've ever done in my family. Um, but that doesn't, that's not to say that it's the right way or anything. We just always went with coffee um, and, you know, nicotine, a form of nicotine uh, and of course food, because who doesn't love food? So <laughs> um, that's just, that's all I would like to say about it for anyone else that's listening to this, that is a potentially going to be reaching out and DMing me that not the ones that are going to be coming to Oklahoma to whoop my ass, but the other ones that are wanting to actually venerate and, and, and try to have an audience and introduction with tear. You might have a line at this point. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. <laughs> Josh is only three hours away. We'll be all right. <laughs> well, Josh, then yeah, on to you. I got you yeah. back. <laughs> so, Josh, any final uh, words for people? Uh, I mean, I don't really have uh, too much to add on. Um, I mean, like Jaeger said, if anybody in the Discord wants to reach out um, with questions about tier, I'm obviously not going to have 
as many answers or as much knowledge as as Jaeger, but coming from somebody who recently just had a very power, powerful experience with Tier, um, hopefully I can help in in some way. So. Yeah, that's, oh, that's pretty much all I got. I forgot. I'm going to share my final story, my tier story here before we close out this episode. Um, so no, as we're closing out this episode. Asshole. Yeah, as I'm showing my cat's asshole to everyone. <laughs> oh no, who did we lose? We lost Sherrod. He'll be all right. Um, so speaking of cat's assholes, let's talk about things that come out of assholes. Farts. So I totally messed with the tier followers unknowingly at the last gathering. And uh, it was great. I forget. Did I tell the story of the podcast already? Have I told this? Oh, I told you, Ian. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, you told so, me the story. So, I made for dinner on Sunday night a delicious vegan shepherd's pie. Now, we've started calling it a gardener's pie because apparently you can't shepherd garden like vegetables. So, it's a gardener's pie. But the main thing is you switch out the beef or the, or the lamb for lentils. Lentils produce a lot of gas. Um, but I don't think they foresaw this. And all the, the tier bros at this gathering, they were so ready. They're, I know they're listening to this podcast because uh, they definitely are. So they probably love me sharing this story. So they all loved my gardener's pie, devoured it. Each had like seconds, I believe. And we had the main ritual that night that I led. Um, and I ended up going to bed pretty soon after that because uh, I was tired. But throughout the night, I guess the tier boys decided to go out and give an offering to Tyr. So they, they went to this creek and they decided to build the Tyr a fire. That was it, like, we're going to build a fire in this kind of muddy creek for Tyr. And so they, they're trying to build this fire. And, you know, they had this really intense moment where some guy fell in the mud and they, like, felt Tyr's presence. And, you know, they were all talking about how great this Tyr experience was. And except they all looked at me and the next morning, they're like, except for what you did to us. <laughs> and I was like, what did I do to you? And they're like, we were all farting the entire time <laughs> because of your dang gardener's pie and your lentils <laughs> so i don't know to awesome. what extent but i'm just picturing all these like tear guys like dear almighty one <laughs> just like all passing gas again i don't know the extent but i'm picturing a lot so I thought that was great, and I really enjoyed that I got to give Tier that present. I didn't give Tier offering that weekend like I intended to, but uh, hopefully he likes comedy because it was some good comedy. But I believe that is the end to this episode. So I want to thank everyone for joining us. I want to thank our guest here, Jaeger, Josh. Thank you both so much for being on the podcast with us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Um, and I hope you guys had fun. It was a good conversation. We talked about a lot of weird things. A lot of metaphors. It was a good conversation. <laughs> I don't know about, about you know DC comics and stuff getting thrown in, but it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently our internet just went out. Oh. Why does your hair look different now, Sherd? I took <laughs> the headset off. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I've seen your hair in a while. Oh, uh, what a way to end an episode. So thank you all very much for listening to the folk podcast. Oh, wait, we we're, talked dude, about we're still recording. Tier. Yeah, we're still recording. Sure, I'm trying to end the show. <laughs> Thank you all very much for joining us for the Vogue Podcast. I just realized my window is open so everyone could hear this. Thank you all. And if you're interested in being on the Folk Podcast, like 
Josh and Jaeger have been. Um, please think about going to the Wisdom of Odin Patreon because I don't know why I'm saying that instead, but they are on Discord. So I just confused it. I confused the wires. I'm all frazzled. Think about going to Patreon. Sporting's there and you can join the Discord. That's how they got on the show. But if you want to be on the show otherwise, we do read emails. So please email us at thebookpodcast at gmail.com and we may very well have you on the show. So thank you all very much. And until the hall, skull. 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 Skull.